Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I will do my best to uh, get done today with this lesson. I have a few items here. Um, This is my show and tell today. (laughs) So I have one of the most important things in my life right here. And this is a recipe. Extremely valuable. Well, I can't even put a value on it. It's my grandma's pancake recipe and syrup recipe. That's right. Now, people in my family are going to go home and have pancakes for dinner tonight just because of this illustration. It calls for two eggs, two tablespoons of oil, three cups of flour, which I probably don't even have. Well, I do have three cups there. Two teaspoons of baking powder, and I didn't bring the milk. So, because, you know, we don't want to spoil it. Anyway... This uh, recipe has been passed down for a long, long time. I'm going to talk today about the missing ingredients. The missing ingredients. We've been talking this quarter about our identity as the church. Now, in reality, we know the church is not a building. Yes, we call this the church. I'm going to church, and we're saying I'm going to the building But in reality, the church is not a building. It is the people within the building. We are the church. Somebody say, I am the church. I am the church. When Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. The word church there is ecclesia. The called out ones. I'm going to build myself i'm gonna upon this rock i'm gonna build my people i'm gonna build those who are called out an assembly of citizens called out from their homes into a place the church it doesn't take too long after salvation to feel different from the world around us like a fish swimming upstream the opposite direction of the crowd. If we feel like we do not fit into the world around us any longer, whether it be at school, at work, with unsaved family members, this is the reason we are the church. Chosen, separated. We are in the world, the Bible says, but we are not of the world. Do I have anyone's attention yet? Okay, good. Does that make us special? It does, actually. The Bible says it makes us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are of royalty. You may look in the mirror and think, that does not look like royalty to me. But hey, 
for the first time in my life, in my life, do you hear me, in my life, I'm, how old am I, 58 or something like that, um, in my life, I was called a princess for the first time, and Marzi's the one that did it. This was just like two days ago. I said something to him, whatever, and he goes, Mimi, you're a princess. I was like, what? Nobody's ever called me that except the Lord. He says, I'm royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, I have looked in the mirror and said, you are a peculiar person. <laughs> Why? That we should show forth the praises of him who have called us out. We are the called out ones. What are we called out of? Darkness into this marvelous light. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Just, well, I was going to say, just go to Vegas and you'll see that, but don't go to Vegas. You can see it for miles. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light, church, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's why we're the light of the world. We are to shine. We are to be different. When a candle is lit in any dark place, the whole of that place is completely changed. That is how we are to be as the church in this present dark world. And thank God, he is still calling all to repentance. He's still drawing all to be a part of the church. And we have a job to do. We need to show the world what the church should look like. That's up to you and I. We read his word, we begin to understand it. He says, now you are the light of the world. You have this light inside of you. Now go and let your light shine. So we're going to talk a little bit today of how that works. The, the Lord spoke to me and said, there are some missing key ingredients within the church. And it is determining how the world is viewing the church. So we're going to look at some of these key ingredients. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. But when he saw the multitudes, Jesus, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And he said unto his disciples, the harvest Truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. He said that to them because of the compassion that he had when he looked out over the crowd and saw how lost they were. They were just like sheep wandering to and fro, no purpose. And he had compassion on them. 
Galatians 5, 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's, belong to Christ, that's us, that's the church, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, which we do, we have His Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Now I have, like I said, my ingredients here for my favorite pancakes. Um, this is my favorite piece. You know, I bought it from Pampered Chef. I probably got it free from a party because I hosted the party. I've had it for so many years. But you can go to Big Lots and get the same thing. And it works just as well. <laughs> um, same dish. I use it like pretty much all the time. Sometimes I can't find it because it's either in the dishwasher or in the sink or whatever. Um, I'd not only use it for pancake batter, but it works really well because you can just pour it right onto the griddle. It's awesome. Um, but if I'm making homemade pot pie, the filling goes in here. And I cook it in the microwave to make the potatoes cook faster. And then I can just pour it into the crust. Am I making you hungry yet? <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter what I have in it. It's one container, but it has had a lot of ingredients put in it that have satisfied many hungry stomachs. <laughs> it really does matter, though, what I put into my favorite bowl. And here's the reason that it matters. Because whatever I put into this is ultimately what is going to be poured out of it. If I were to add baking soda instead of baking powder, I could still have pancakes, but they're going to taste just a little bit different. Those ingredients are very similar, but it will change the taste. And I don't want to change the taste. I like my grandma's recipe. I think they're really flat, flapjacks, something like that. Same bowl, different ingredients equals different results and a different taste. As we know, God's spirit used to fill, as pastor preached so wonderfully last Sunday, his presence used to fill a temple. There used to be a veil. And not everyone was privy to the presence of God. But thank the Lord that veil has been torn. So before Jesus died on the cross, the priests were the only ones allowed to be in the presence of God. But the Bible says it this way. Now we, now we're the container. Now we hold the presence of God, the spirit of God. And whatever we fill this temple with, it is going to come out. When God filled us with his spirit, what came out? We began to speak in a language that we did not know. 
that came out of us because his spirit was filling it, filling us. It was miraculous, and it's still miraculous every time it happens. I don't know about you, but I can't even speak Spanish. But when I pray in the spirit, I speak in some language that I don't know. It's miraculous. If I'm filled with his spirit, as the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 18, be filled with the spirit. Filled means to fill to the top, completely full. If I'm filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost, people will know it. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom ye have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If I fill myself full of the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace, it's going to show up and God is going to be glorified in what I do, what I say. Beautiful things will be coming out of this temple of the Holy Ghost. And of course, we know just the opposite is true of that too. If we fill ourselves full of ungodly things, resentment and unforgiveness and all those things, then what is going to come out of us? Hate and bitterness. You know, it is very important what we put into this temple. Jesus said it this way. It's not what goes into a person that defiles him. It's what comes out. Mark 7 and 20 and 20 through 23, and this is what Jesus said. What comes out of a person is what defiles him. It's what pollutes him or makes him unclean. For from within, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Now, let me try to explain this. You can probably think of someone that um, has left not so good of an impression on us. Um, they have left maybe, so to speak, a bitter taste in our mouths. Um, maybe their words have cut us and made us feel inadequate or ignorant. Someone whose attitude is so bad that you can see it coming from far away. I'll tell you what is happening. Their temple, their container that they are housing, that should be housing the Spirit of God and His goodness, it's being filled with other things. They have some missing key ingredients in their heart and soul. They're trying to produce a good life, maybe a masterpiece meal, using all the wrong ingredients. Jesus was saying that all of these ugly things are within man. The, the wrong thoughts, um, bad ideas are within man. It's because of our carnal, sinful nature that we have. None of us are exempt from it. Sorry, but it's the truth. Jesus said it. 
Have I been tempted to steal something? Well, yes, of course I have. We all have. Have I been tempted to say something that I should not say? Yes, of course. Just because sinful thoughts pass through my mind does not mean they're going to come out or that I'm going to act upon them. Because of the grace of God, number one, and because I have his Holy Spirit within me, all of those sinful ways of my flesh, all of those bad thoughts, all of those carnal thoughts, they have to be filtered through the Spirit of God that is within me. And trust me, it's only by the grace of God and his Holy Spirit of why any of us can stand in his presence. It's his grace and his Spirit. I've got to keep the gift of the Holy Ghost stirred up in me. Am I tempted to hold a grudge against someone and bitterness towards someone? Yes, absolutely. I am tempted to do that. But his spirit inside of this temple is what helps me to forgive. If I'm putting good things into my life, good thoughts, holy thoughts, then those sinful thoughts are going to be fewer and fewer and fewer and farther between. The more pure the more good, the more holy ingredients I add to my life, the better taste I'm going to leave for the people around me. I can't take Tabasco sauce and red chilies and jalapenos and mix them in with this pancake recipe and pour it out and think I'm going to have really good tasting pancakes. Of course, some of you may like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just can't fool people. They will know what is on the inside of us because it will come out. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He is willing to fill every vessel with his love and with his spirit. He's just looking for an empty vessel. Empty of me empty of pride and arrogance, and just empty that he can fill up with his spirit. A hungry vessel. Housing the spirit of God is so wonderful. And there's a lot of power that we have that comes with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said it in Luke 10, 19 and 20. He said, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Yes, that is awesome. I'm the only one awake here today. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is exciting. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Sounds like to me he was saying the power is great. But what is even more exciting is that you are on your way to heaven. Some people may never wake up and realize the power that they have within them. But their names are written in heaven. And that's exciting. That's the ultimate goal. <laughs> the power of the Holy Ghost 
It is absolutely amazing. But some people are looking for all of the power without the fruit. They want the satisfaction of devouring a delicious meal without the key ingredients. They want power without love. They want to rebuke devils and heal the sick without having patience and humbleness that we need to minister to those who need our compassion. It's like putting flour and sugar and cinnamon and butter and all of that and putting it into a pie crust and putting it into the oven and think we're going to get an apple pie out of it. Can't forget the key ingredients. We're going to look at how our ultimate example, Jesus Christ, did things. When he began his ministry, he first taught them to love. He taught them humbleness. He taught them turn the other cheek. He taught them kindness, go the extra mile. He taught them compassion, always allow the children to come, and so on. Before he ever ministered and performed miracles, he was compassionate. Before he ever healed the leper, he had to approach him first. He did it with compassion. He did it with kindness. Key ingredients that no one else would give him. Nobody else was willing to have compassion on the leper. But as a result of that compassion, the miraculous happened. And he was completely healed and made whole again. Just read it time after time after time throughout the scriptures. It always talks about the compassion that Jesus had on people before he ever healed them. Compassion is a missing ingredient in the hearts of too many of us today. It begins with having the love of God in our hearts. Jude 1, 20 and through 22. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. I think he said there's three parts in here to having compassion. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In other words, get your own ideas out of your head. Get your flesh down. Keep yourselves in the love of God and look for the mercy of God. The same mercy that we wish somebody would show to us. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoso hath this world's good. And seeth his brother have need. And shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children let us not love in word. Neither in tongue but in deed and in truth. He wants us to have compassion. First Peter 3 and 8, finally, 
Be ye all of one mind, having compassion, one of another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Compassion is not something that we see a lot of today. And we need it. And we as the church should be exemplifying this key ingredient to the world around us and even within the church. If we're filling ourselves with the same diet that the world is feeding on, the negativity of the news, the ungodliness, the worldly ways, the gossip, whatever it is, all of those things will produce impure thoughts, ugly attitudes, insensitive ways ways in us. Same vessel, just different ingredients. And we know the vital ingredients that we have to have within us as the church. We're talking about being the church. This is how we are the church, and that is to have compassion. That is to have the love of God. They're vital ingredients that are missing in this world. But we're called to be the light of the world. The Spirit of God is plenteous. There are people being filled with His Spirit all over the world. But the fruit that is produced out of the Spirit is what I think is very scarce in this present world. In other words, we can speak in tongues all day long. But if we don't have love one to another, we don't have the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is some of the key ingredients that are missing. So we're going to look at those. Love. This love that the fruit of the Spirit is talking about is an agape love. The love of God. The unconditional love that says, I love you regardless of how you treat me. A love that says, I'm going to love you in your weakest times. A love that doesn't require you to love me back. I'm just going to love you. That's the love of the Spirit. <laughs> it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> A love that fulfills the greatest commands Love thy neighbor as thyself or equal to yourself. That kind of love is missing many times. Why do we take a shower? Why do we dress in warm clothes in the winter? Why do we make sure that our bed is clean and comfortable? Why do we make sure that we have enough food for every meal? Because we love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. When was the last time we checked on our neighbor to see if they had all they need? That kind of love is missing. It's such a key ingredient that this world is looking for. They're looking for the light of the world. They've heard so much talk about it. I just don't feel like they've witnessed it enough. And they deserve to experience that true love. God's love that should be shed abroad in our hearts 
by the Holy Ghost. Joy is a key ingredient that is missing sometimes, even within the church. It means gladness, the joy and contentment that we receive from God. It's more than happiness. You know, you can be having a really bad day and be really sad and still have the joy of the Lord. It's something that comes from deep inside of us, from our relationship with God. It's, it's a joy that brings contentment no matter what is happening. Joy is an overflow of those who are filled to the top with his spirit. It comes from an inner peace that looks around the world that is in turmoil. And instead of worrying and wondering and, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if God's in this. I don't know. When you have the joy, that part of the fruit of the Spirit, you can still have that inner peace knowing everything's going to be all right. I don't have to worry about anything because I know who's in control. I got a God who loves me. He takes care of me. My trust is in him. That's where that joy comes from. And that's the joy that this world needs. Peace is missing. For the unsaved, and unfortunately for many that are saved, peace is missing. Peace is harmony between individuals. Exempt from rage and war. We know that peace is missing in the world, but peace should not be missing within the church. There should be peace, harmony between individuals. And the word has the answer. If you don't have peace over a situation, listen to what the Bible says. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. The King James says, be careful for nothing. That means be anxious for nothing. But in everything, whatever is making us anxious in everything, if it's a grade that you are longing to get in college, if it is turmoil on the job, if it is conflict between family members, everything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And it doesn't stop. It says, and the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds where we lack peace <laughs> through Christ Jesus. Peace. We need peace. Prayer is the answer for peace. When we give everything to God, he will fill us with his peace. And when we are filled with his peace, it will flow out of us. And it really does go beyond understanding. Our own understanding and other people that look at us and say, how can you be so peaceful with all that's going on? How can you be so peaceful when you're getting ready to go to surgery? How can you be so peaceful when... Uh, you go to surgery sometimes, I don't know if this is every time, but they give you a little bit of medicine to calm you down, 
before they give you the medicine to put you to sleep. And Sister Sharitha Wheeler was telling me she had a surgery last year. And they came to her and they started to give her the medicine and they were explaining it. She said, I don't need that. I'm as calm as I can be. But you're getting ready to go into surgery and everybody's anxious. She said, I'm not anxious. I don't need that. Let's skip that. Just go to the other medicine. They're like, okay. That's the peace of God. That's the peace and the fruit of the Spirit. And that's the peace that our world needs. Long suffering. <laughs> Woo! I think this is missing. <laughs> Patience. Endurance. Slow in avenging wrongs. Being patient with people and situations should be a part of our lives when we are filled with the Spirit. I am a follower of the one who exemplifies long-suffering. If we say we are Christians, then we really should act like it. <laughs> you can say ouch, because I've already said ouch a lot of times just looking through these. Gentleness, which is moral goodness and integrity. Just plain good morals seem to be almost obsolete in today's society. If someone actually does something good, shows integrity in some way, it's so rare, it makes the news. It makes social media. <laughs> Remember, it is the fruit of the Spirit. We can't produce this on our own, but with His Spirit, this, these fruits can come out of us. Goodness, uprightness of heart, simply doing what is right, no matter if anybody ever sees it, and no matter if anybody ever puts my name or says my name with it, it doesn't matter. It, it's goodness. And if we are good and we have this fruit of the Spirit, we don't need to make an announcement about it. People just know. <laughs> Faith. The conviction that God exists. And he is the creator and the ruler of all things. And that he is the savior of the world, the Messiah. Faith is a conviction of truth. Where is our faith? Is it missing because of the trials that come our way? We can say yes, sometimes it is. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed by all the bad that's happening that we forget to reach to God with faith in him and who he is. Oh, maybe we've done all that we know to do to get our miracle. But our faith in God is just running a little low. I think we should pick up the word of God, find every miracle we can find, read them, remind ourselves of who God is. Put on some music that talks about the goodness of God. <laughs> it can change everything. It can change the atmosphere. You're feeling down. You feel like nothing's going right. And you like, okay, maybe I just need, maybe I just need some music. And you turn on some music and they're singing Waymaker, Miracle Worker. And the next thing you know, you're... Oh, God, you can do anything. I give it all to you. Woo! And you start singing like 
somebody with a really good voice, and you're like, who was that? Because <laughs> your faith begins to be built. We've got to build up our faith in God if it's missing. Encourage ourselves in the Lord. God is still God. Remind yourself, that same God that parted the Red Sea for the children of Israel is the same God that is going to come through on your finances. He is. You ask him, he's going to do it. Might not be the way you want, but he is going to do it, I promise you. Our world desperately, desperately, desperately needs to see the key ingredient of faith. Meekness, being gentle and mild, humility. Because the spirit of pride is so very strong in the world today, meekness or humility is very rarely seen. But this should not be for the followers of Christ. Humility should still be seen in our lives, in our homes, on the job. We are never more like Jesus than when we are acting in humility. How many times did he heal someone and then he said, now don't go tell everybody about this. I mean, they did it anyway. The last fruit of the spirit that's listed here is temperance. Self-control. To master our desires and passions especially our sensual appetites. The lack of self-control is one of the main reasons that sin is so prevalent in the world today. There was a saying years ago, but I think everyone still, not everyone, but especially the world is still applying it. If it feels good, do it. We've got to have this key ingredient of temperance, self-control. We've got to do what it takes to obtain it. And this is what I have found. When we struggle in an area of our life to have temperance, to have self-control, and we ask God to help us with it, with it, he will. He will give us what we need to make that happen. And then it's up to us to follow through with what he has asked us to do. We are the church. It does matter what we put inside of us. We cannot take some things out and think that we can replace them with something else and still produce what we need to produce. We can't fake loving people. We can't, like, go work at a homeless shelter and then treat somebody in our family like with hatred. It, it just doesn't work. Um, the first time Titus ever cooked when I was gone, I didn't have labels on my uh, containers. So he decided to make homemade chocolate chip cookies. And uh, so he, I told him where the recipe was. He got everything out and he mixed it all up. It looked perfectly fine. It looked in the container. Everything looked just like the batter should look. 
and he scooped it out and, you know, put the cookies out on the cookie sheet. But when he put it in the oven, it just all was one big liquid mess. Because my powdered sugar was next to the flour and it wasn't labeled. So he put three and a half cups of powdered sugar in with the sugar in with all the other ingredients, chocolate chips. And I remember Brother Donnie was driving a truck at that time. And he heard about it and he's like, I'll take those cookies because I can eat those and I could drive all night long, you know, all that sugar. <laughs> How many times have we have found that we think we're doing okay and then the heat gets turned up a little bit and everything's going wrong in our lives and we don't feel good. We've got financial issues, whatever it is. We're, the dogs bit us, whatever it is. We're arguing with the neighbors, whatever it is. And things come out of us that we're just not happy about. We don't really produce what we've been called to produce as the church. I really believe, and thank you for enduring my demonstration and all of this today, but the Lord spoke this to me, that the world is so desperate for these missing ingredients. Now, sometimes we have half of the fruit of the Spirit going on really well, but there's just one area in our lives that just, oh. And that's okay. God understands that. As long as we recognize it, we can admit it to the Lord, and we can work on it. But the world is looking for that light. And he said, church, I'm leaving, but now you are the light of the world. You are the city that is set on a hill. You are that lighthouse that people that are so lost, they're looking for. They're looking for your compassion. They're looking for love. They're looking for true peace. They're looking for someone to be understanding. They're looking for someone that will actually take the time to sit down and talk with them and love them and be kind to them and compassionate to them. That's what they're looking for. And church, we have it. We have his spirit inside of us. And that's what they're looking for. But the way they know that we're the church the Bible tells us clearly it's the way we treat one another. Right here, within the body. He says the way you treat one another, that's how they're going to know. Oh yeah, they're one of them. It's not about how long your dress is or how you're totally covered modestly. Those things are important. But he said they're going to know you by the fruit that you bear. They're going to know you by the ingredients that you have put in. Because when you begin to talk, you're pouring it out. 
When you begin to take action, you're pouring it out. And that may look like it was supposed to be cookies, but it ain't cookies. <laughs> that may look like regular pancake batter, but what's coming out is not a pancake. He said they're going to know. We can't fool them. So, I don't know about you, but I want to take these ingredients to heart. I want to look at the fruit of the Spirit and I want it to be shown in my life. Every one of them. I don't want to leave any of them out. I want to have compassion. A compassion that gets up and does something. Doesn't just say I'm compassionate. But I'm compassionate to my neighbors. I'm compassionate to people I don't even know. And that's what the Lord said. Those things are missing. So church... Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to be the church, be the light of the world, be that city set on a hill. When they see that light, they're drawn to it because we're like him. Lord, we love you and 